0: Live Creative Now, Episode 103. Welcome to Live Creative Now with Melissa Dinwiddie, a weekly podcast to inspire you to create your art and share your work. Because that's how you will change the world. Live Creative Now. Live Creative Now. I am Melissa Dinwiddie, passion pluralite artist, happiness catalyst, and creativity instigator, and author of The Creative Sandbox Way, here to address all your questions about living a full-color creative life. Whether you think of yourself as not artistic, not creative, which is a lie, or you think of yourself as an artist of any kind, writer, painter, actor, musician, whatever, or anything in between... No matter how you define yourself, feeding your creative hungers makes you feel more alive. It's how you change your life and it's how you change the world. On Saturday, just this past weekend, I drove with my husband, affectionately known on the podcast and on my blog as. Miracle Man, or more often you will see him referred to as MM for short. If you have ever wondered what that stands for, it stands for Miracle Man. We drove up to Sonoma to the Sonoma International Film Festival only for one film, actually, because a friend of ours who is a professional screenwriter and director wrote and directed a film that was showing in the festival. Side note, he shot this full length film in eight days. Totally insane. <laughs> it's amazing. He said he wouldn't recommend shooting a film in eight days, but they did it in eight days. Totally amazing. Anyway, his name is Joel Souza. The film is called Vera Cruz. It's an art house crime thriller. I really enjoyed it. It's very violent, but <laughs> I still really enjoyed it. And he crowdfunded the money to produce the film a few years ago in an Indiegogo campaign, which we supported. And this was our first opportunity to see the final product. So of course, we couldn't miss it, which is why we drove up to Sonoma, which is a couple hours away from where we live. And we stayed overnight with a friend of mine from the calligraphy world, which was really fun. And then we drove home on Sunday and... (laughs) we were really tired. So we promptly took a nap after lunch. So I didn't do my usual morning creating. That's when I usually do my creative sandbox. Playtime is in the mornings. So after waking up from our nap, it was like five in the afternoon or something. And that's when I played in the creative sandbox and made some art. And then I photographed what I did. And I shared the picture On Instagram. And what I did was, and this is the second day in a row that I had done this. uh, And today, as I'm recording this, it's actually Monday. The podcast goes live on Wednesday. So this is actually two days before the podcast goes live. Today's the third day in a row that I've done this. I painted an abstract painting on a tiny little two by two inch stretched canvas. And then I photographed it. You can see a picture of it on the show notes over at livecreativenow.com slash 103 for episode 103. And the photos that I've been shooting are show a picture of this teeny tiny little two-inch stretched canvas on a teeny tiny little wooden easel. It's so adorable. <laughs> With a jar of watercolor ground in the background and some more little blank canvases in the background. And then on the right-hand side of the picture, it shows some some additional views of the same canvas, it's fun little layout, little composition of the photo. Anyway, the post that went along with the image, I just it was just a spontaneous little, you know, caption and what I tend to do when I take these pictures, I'll post them on Instagram. And then I just using my little thumbs, I just type out a spontaneous caption. And sometimes those captions turn turn into kind of the draft of essentially a blog post or a podcast episode. And that's kind of what happened here. Because the post that went along with that image touched on something that I have thought about for a very long time. And I have wanted to write about on the blog for a very long time. But I don't think I've ever really managed to do so in any meaningful way. And so I thought that I would talk about it today on the podcast, because it's something that I've struggled with for a long time or I used to struggle with, let's put it that way. And that led to a lot of pain and suffering. And I know that I'm not alone. So I thought, hey, let's, let's shine a little light on this. So that's what we're doing today. This is one of the spontaneous, impromptu riff sessions, riffing on this Instagram post. So here's the thing, I, I I took this picture, I did this, this painting that maybe I spent the the whole thing, the painting and the photography took about an hour, maybe maybe a little less than an hour. And it really delighted me. It was really fun. The whole process of it, the painting, the doodle, the, the, the black and white doodling, the coloring of the, the doodling and then the photography and the sharing to Instagram. I really enjoy all of it. The photography is is as much a part of the play and the fun I think as the art making is. It I really enjoy the whole thing. And it's really kind of miraculous to me that this has become part of an almost daily practice for me. It's not a 100% daily practice, but it is. It's a it's an almost daily practice and that really, really delights me, really, really pleases me. And the particulars change, you know, what I'm creating changes. But the fact that I create something, and that I share something just about every day is, is a pretty consistent thing in my life. And that feels like such a miracle to me because here's the here's the reality i have become the prolific artist that i longed to be 20 years ago i don't know exactly the number of years but years ago i desperately craved and longed to be a prolific creator a prolific artist and i was not i was so phenomenally stuck and i forget that sometimes because i am living this life right now where that's what i'm doing i'm this is who i am and sometimes i you know i have days and sometimes even weeks might go by where i'm not creating as consistently as I would like. But but the default that I keep coming back to is this, this reality where just about every day I'm creating and sharing. That's my normal reality nowadays. And that is astounding to me. And it makes me so phenomenally happy. And like I said, you know, the 20 seven-year-old Melissa, the 30-year-old Melissa, whatever, was not living in that reality. And the reason that I'm living in this reality right now is, is all thanks to the power of imperfectionism and small daily acts. It's really all thanks to the power of the creative sandbox way, like walking that path of the Creative Sandbox way, the guideposts, my Creative Sandbox guideposts, formerly known as my rules for the Creative Sandbox. And thanks to my golden formula, self-awareness plus self-compassion equals the key to everything good. 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, I didn't have any of these tools. I didn't have any of this vocabulary. I didn't understand why I was so stuck. I just thought I wasn't good enough. I just thought, oh yeah, I don't have time. I just blamed external circumstances. I'm not good enough. I don't have time. All these external circumstances are preventing me from having what I want, from being who I want to be. All I knew was that I was really miserable. And I wanted to be creating, but I couldn't figure out how. And I conveniently blamed all these external circumstances. And here's the thing that's really painful and embarrassing to admit. I had friends who were creating prolifically who I actually kind of hated. I loved and adored them, but I kind of hated them because I was so envious because I wanted to be like them, but I didn't know how. And it was easier to wish that they would stop creating than it was to look at me and try to change me and try to become more like them. I don't know if that makes sense, but... I used to be in, you know, 20 years ago or so, I used to be in this group of calligraphers that would meet once a month. We called it a calligraphy study group. We didn't really study so much. We just (laughs) would meet once a month and we would share what we'd been creating and give each other feedback and stuff. And and everybody would come in and, you know, share what we'd been working on. And I would... Often, you know, almost everything that I had been creating was for clients because I didn't, I, I wasn't making anything that wasn't for clients at that time in my life because I didn't have time. Right? Well, of course, that was an excuse, but I didn't know that at the time. I was in such denial, and so I would bring in something that I'd made for clients, or maybe I'd, maybe I'd bring in a part of something unfinished. (laughs) (laughs) So I really almost never made anything that wasn't for a client. And there was one person in the group who was so prolific. And she would bring in so many pieces that she had completed in the course of the month. And we had this joke that she made six things before she brushed her teeth in the morning. And I kind of, and I just loved and adored this person. And I looked up to her so much, but I was in such denial. And I was so... Uh, I kind of hated myself so much, but that was so painful for me to acknowledge that I was so angry at myself that I turned it outward. And so I I kind of hated this person because I was so envious that she was so prolific. When I wanted to be prolific, and I couldn't figure out how to get past my own stuckness. So what I, instead of wanting to learn from her, It was easier for me to just want her to stop. Because if she would just stop being prolific, then it would make me feel okay about my being stuck and not being prolific. Oh, so sad. So sad. Instead, of course, I needed to look at my own fear and self-doubt and my perfectionism and let myself be imperfect. Oh, my God what numbers we play on ourselves, right? All the mind games we play on ourselves. Ah, because it, it had nothing to do with this other person. Her prolificness had nothing to do with my stuckness. If you're feeling stuck right now, my prolificness has nothing to do with your stuckness. If you're feeling angry at me, wanting me to stop being prolific, then you need to really look at at yourself and and look at how you can turn some self-compassion towards yourself and loosen up that denial and allow yourself to be human. You get to be human. My God, I did not allow myself to be human. It took me like 40 years, more than 40 years, (laughs) to start forgiving myself for being human. I am so grateful that I finally did start, start forgiving myself to be human and for being human and finally, finally, finally figure out how to climb my way out of that pit because that pit is excruciating. And it doesn't lead anywhere good. It doesn't lead anywhere good. It took me so long. (laughs) Which is why, of course, I am so passionate about what I'm doing now. About spreading the word so other people don't have to stay stuck down in that same pit of fear and self-doubt and perfectionism. It's so miserable down there and i've got a ladder and i'm so happy to share that ladder because the more people that that have access to that ladder the happier all of us are because here's the thing that person in my calligraphy group her being prolific did not make the rest of us become less prolific when one person is prolific, it's not pie. (laughs) It's not like, if you're, if I'm prolific, you have less access to prolificness. It doesn't work that way. If I become more prolific, and that can be a source of inspiration for you, rather than a source of envy, if you can use it as a source of inspiration, then that can actually help you become more prolific. If you can use that as a source of inspiration and combine that with forgiving yourself for being human with the 10 guideposts remembering that there is no wrong remembering that small daily actions are what are going to get you there the artwork that I'm go check out the the show notes at livecreativenow.com/10103 the artwork that I'm making right now Two by two inch tiny little canvases. Prolific does not have to mean massive wall murals. (laughs) Prolific can mean teeny tiny, tiny and daily. When I finally discovered. When I, when I started before, before I had the 10 guideposts, I had a handful of guidelines, rules, quote unquote, that I developed for myself to enable me to let go of perfectionism and get back to the mindset of being a four year old or a three year old, whatever age you need to get back to in order to let go and just play. Let go of all the crap that we accumulate, all the stupid rules that we accumulate that prevent us from playing and letting go and making messes and experimenting. I needed to be able to let go. And so that's where the 10 guideposts came from. It's just a, They started out as just a handful of, of quote unquote rules that I needed in order to let go of perfectionism. And I started with 15 minutes a day for one month. It was February 1st, 2011 and the and i made i ended up over the course of 1 year actually it was a it was 11 months because i started on february 1st i made 150 finished artworks and they were tiny because at the time i was working on paper i was working on these big sheets of watercolor paper and I, and i would just make a big mess like like finger painting for adults kind of and then i would tear those big sheets down into smaller pieces And those smaller pieces, I would then respond to and add words. And those were the finished pieces. So the finished pieces were maybe the biggest ones were, I made a couple that were maybe as big as eight by 10. But most of the pieces were about anywhere like three by five card size, to five by seven size, all the way down to like, one inch by two inch that size. So they were tiny super small, but they were finished artworks. And then when the, I had a few of them framed and when I had them framed, I had these nice big wide mats, I floated the art so that it was sitting away from the background. So there was a little bit of a gap. So the edge of the artwork was a torn edge and then I floated it so that it was sitting away from the background so there was a nice shadow. And then I would cut a window mat or have it cut if I had somebody else frame it for me. And a nice wide mat so that the actual frame was maybe 11 by 14 size. But the art itself, you know, maybe 3 by 5, 3 by 3, 5 by 5, that size, inches, I'm talking. That, that is can be a finished piece. It does not have to be big. But I made 150, over 150 of those over the course of a year. If you make a daily painting, if one if a person were to make a a, a new piece of art every single day over the course of a year which is not what I did in that year. But if one were, that's 365 pieces over the course of a year. That is prolific. Now, I am not holding myself to that particular standard. I do not tell myself that I have to complete a new piece of art every single day. My goal is to play in the creative sandbox every day. That's my goal. Do I reach it every single day? No. But that's okay. Because falling off the wagon is not the problem. The problem is when you don't get back on. And this is one of the other reasons why tiny is so important. Because tiny, small daily acts, small, tiny and daily, tiny is the is the important word here. Because tiny is like when, when you're thinking tiny, then that wag, it's like making that wagon really, really short. So you can climb back on so, so easily. And don't double up that commitment. If you miss today, don't double up tomorrow. That's beating yourself up. Just take a fresh start. Just take a fresh start. Anyway. If you have heroes that you're looking at and you're thinking, God, they're so prolific. I hate them. I'm so envious of them. Acknowledge that feeling. Envy is a really, really useful emotion to acknowledge because it tells us where we want to be. Don't get mired in it. Just acknowledge it and use it as a signpost of where you want to go. Use it as a pointer. I wish I could have done that more more effectively back then when I was so envious of my friend in that calligraphy group. But well, whatever. I was where I was then, and I am where I am now. And I'm just so profoundly grateful that I am where I am now, that I managed to get here. And I hope that I can be a beacon, that it is possible. <laughs> if you are longing to be prolific, small daily acts, baby, per imperfectionism and small daily acts. Creative Sandbox Way guideposts and the golden formula, self-awareness plus self-compassion truly is the key to everything good. I hope this has been helpful. I hope it helps you to go get creating. All right, it's time for this week's something cool, which is Windsor Newton watercolor markers. Yes, just what they sound like. Watercolor in marker form. I've been using them a lot lately. I bought the 12 marker set. They're about $39 on Amazon. And I have links directly to them on my site on in the show notes. They're Amazon affiliate links. So I will make some money if you click through them. I am having so much fun with these because they are super easy to use. I can use them in bed because they're not messy. But they don't They don't work exactly like, they're not like your typical markers. So like regular markers are kind of, they tend to be kind of transparent, a little bit um, paler often, not always, but often unless you're talking about like Sharpies. Um, The Winsor Newton watercolor markers are pretty concentrated color. And here's how I like to use them. I either I use a couple different ways. So one, I either lay down just a little bit of color with the pen, because the way watercolor tends to work best is when it's transparent. That's the beauty of watercolor. So I lay down just a little bit of color with the pen, like maybe a dot in the just the a little corner of an area that I'm coloring. And then I take a water brush. A water brush is a brush that has a a, a A hollow handle that that fills with water. So you never need to dip it. And it it has um, usually it has synthetic bristles. And you just squeeze the handle to send water into the bristles. So you never have to have a water container that you have to worry about spilling or anything. They're super cool. And they're super portable, you can put them in your purse and stuff. And I have a set of three that I happen to get on Amazon, I'm going to have a link directly in the show notes, livecreativenow.com 103. Uh, by Derwent, they have three different tips, a big pointed brush, a skin, a little tiny pointed brush, and a flat brush. And so I put a little bit of color, like just put a little dot or a little bit of color down with the pen with the marker. And then I use the water brush to spread the color around. And it spreads just like watercolor because it is literally the same thing that you would get out of a tube or a, um, a, you know, a palette. What do they call it? You know, the the dry form of watercolor. It's literally the same thing. And it spreads and it dries just like any other Winsor Newton watercolor. That's one way I like to use it. Another way that I like to use it is I will draw with the markers on a scratch sheet of paper, which then acts as a palette. So I have this flat piece of paper that's my palette, and then I use my water brush to pick up the color from the palette, and I can mix the colors just like I would with any other palette, and I can pick up that color with the water brush and paint it on my, my canvas or my paper, you know, my painting. So those are the ways that I've been really enjoying using my Winsor Newton watercolor markers. So that's my something cool for this week. That's it. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you are getting value out of this podcast, the best way to thank me is to tell your friends, and hop on over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. Those ratings and reviews are super important because that is how other people find the show when they're searching for, you know, how to live their own creative life. They search for reviews, and they might find your review. And the more reviews a show has, the more likely it's going to pop up when somebody is searching. So, If you need step-by-step instructions to leave a review, just go to livecreativenow.com slash iTunes dash review. That's livecreativenow.com slash iTunes hyphen review. And if you leave a rating and review, you might actually get your your name or at least your iTunes (laughs) handle read on the air because... I might just read it like this one by Tone Deaf Kitten, who writes great stuff for creative peeps. Tone Deaf Kitten writes, I love this podcast. Melissa has been there and done that. And she's not afraid to share her failures and victories, which is something every creative person should keep in mind. As a writer, I can relate to her experimentations and adventures. You will too, no matter what you do. And Tone Deaf Kitten gave it five stars. Thank you so much, Tone Deaf Kitten. You rock. I'm giving you a big fist bump. I really, really appreciate your review and your five-star rating. You totally made my day. Thank you very much. You too could totally make my day by leaving me a new review. And again, you can get step-by-step instructions for doing that at livecreativenow.com slash iTunes Review. That is it. Thank you so much. Until next time, thanks again for joining me and go get creating. Live Live Subscribe at livecreativenow.com.